in a vast abandoned library on the borders of civilization. Matthew and Eric find themselves trapped and lost with little hope of escape, surrounded by nothing but the esoteric books of definitely real authors they resolve to do all that they can do. Read. This is Lost in Narration. So what's up, man? Um, I don't know. I, I, uh, I'm, I guess I'm stuck in a library. That's, that's mostly my deal. I also have other stuff going on. Um, I don't like to, you know, to, uh, you know, shout to the world about it. I'm a pretty humble guy, but I, I've got stuff in the works. What do you have in the works, do you think? Um, one of the things I have in the works is, and I can already tell what you're going to fucking say about this, but, um, bear with me, man, okay? So, you know schools? Um, yeah, I know schools. Essentially, my idea would be the opposite of that. Sorry? Um, the opposite of schools. So, so I figure brains can only hold so much information and... Uh, we learned a lot at school. That's just it's it's gone now. All that knowledge is gone now. It's been replaced by uh, more relevant information as we've grown older. Um, what if there's a way to speed up that process? Um, go to some sort of classroom of sorts and just just remove all all the knowledge from your brain. Sort of get a little a fresh start in a way. Start over. So the thing that you have in the works is like a reverse school, I guess. I don't really understand. The technical term, the technical term is uh, lobotomy. Oh, so it's just a surgery. You want to perform a surgery? Yeah, we wanna, we wanna, we wanna chop up those lobes. That's not what a lobotomy is. You really gotta learn that first. <laughs> I don't mean, uh, <laughs> I don't mean earlobes. I don't believe you because I feel like that's what you thought. I actually had a pretty embarrassing story about the first time I got my ears pierced. Yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> and maybe this explains a lot about me and my ways, but basically sure I'd booked uh, in with Claire's, um, formerly Claire's Accessories, as you'll know. Maybe it still has that. I wouldn't fucking know. I'd booked in with Claire's to get my little ears pierced back when I was nine. And you know what? I I got an email that said, you know, Dr. Claire will see you on the 9th of May. And I went to the address in the email, ready and ready and ready to get, as it said in the email, to get my... <laughs> to get my... <laughs> To get my frontal lobes pierced. And I thought it was a little strange that it would say frontal prior to lobes. Because, you know, you only have one kind of lobes. They're on your ears. Um, lo and behold, I had accidentally got an email that was meant for, for someone that wasn't me. From a doctor who was not my doctor. Dr. Claire. <laughs> and was not Claire's accessories. I went in on a ninth. They knocked me out. I figured, you know, maybe that's just normal. Maybe they know I have a thing with needles. Maybe, maybe it's just normal that they knock me. They put me under to get my ears pierced. And when I woke up, 
life seemed a different beast entirely. It's almost impossible for you to have made that mistake. And I, it does explain a lot about who you are as a person. And I, I'm starting yeah. to get, I'm starting to get you. I feel I deserve I, sympathy, uh, if not pity, don't. for the fact that at the age of nine, pity I can understand. I stumbled into a lobotomy. I mean, yeah, I I would agree that it's weird that at age of nine, you made an appointment for yourself to go to a Claire's because I don't even think they do appointments. <laughs> And you somehow ended up emailing a doctor? <laughs> Why would, how do you know? You don't fucking know they don't do ones. Claire's? I've walked, I've walked past a Claire's. And you just, you just thought, that looks like a place that doesn't take appointments. Yeah, because it's in a mall. You made the mall point. doesn't take appointments. Yeah, but not Nowhere every... in the mall do you get appointments. <laughs> not every Claire's is in a mall, though. You get high street Claire's. That can't be right. That's, guarantee it's not right. You know, they wanted to, to... To take Claire's online and have a Claire's website, but the only name they could think of was Eclairs, and they didn't want people to be confused and think that they were gonna get Eclairs, so they just fucking right. they just fucking bailed. They were like, you know what, the internet's probably a passing thing anyway, so let's just set this one out. Let's wait for the next gimmick. This was like this was pre-internet that Claire's <laughs> wanted a website. This is pre-internet, yeah. They would have been the first fucking website too. That's this sounds like you're trying to do like a stand-up bit and it's just not really working the for you. The creator of the internet came to them, he was like, I have this wacky idea. And I think <laughs> I think I want you, Claire, as a front runner. And Claire said, No. No. The cr- who's the creator of the internet? Who's the creator? You really want me to? You really want me to answer that question today? Today of all days, you really want me to answer that question? Yeah, obviously, right. The name of the creator of the internet is www. You know what that stands for? No, what does it stand for? Uh, Woodrow Wilson. Wow. Yeah, so that's not right. Yeah. Um, that's a president with the word "wow" after it. I think that Woodrow Wilson wasn't so much a president as he was a a, he was president, a yeah. leader a leader among a leader on, among among men. No, yeah, he was a president. Who's your favorite president? Uh, Barack. Sorry, that you've met. Oh, none of them then, right? Wow, you hate every president. All right, you heard it here first, folks. Okay, yeah. you want to read a book, man? Jesus, can't believe you. I mean, yeah, I do. I kind of do. Jesus yeah, crazy. The I opposite of a patriot. You're a, what's the opposite of a patriot? Yeah. A natriot, I guess you could say. No president Jeez has been good. Louise. Oh my god, you're really double in debt, dude. Yeah. Because you can make You wanted case. to read a book, you said? Yeah, I guess we could read a book. Yeah, let's read a fucking book or whatever. What's it called? It's called The Passenger. A commercial airliner soars through the sky. The plane took off just recently, and Cheryl Shortsteep is still trying to cram her sweater into her bag. Finally, it's in, and she glances out of the window. On her eyelines trip back to the seat in front, she catches her first glimpse of the person sitting next to her. It's a face she recognises. It takes a second for her memory to catch up, but she soon realises exactly where she knows it from. Uncle... Uncle Rich? Her Uncle Rich grins, and then he stands, as does everybody else on the plane. Surprise! Surprise! Surprise. What? Cheryl's mother appears. Happy birthday, Cheryl. This is a, a plane. Yeah. 
you you organize a surprise party on a on a plane yeah like you bought every available ticket for this flight pretty much yeah how much did that cost all that i have and all that i am all that you are i sold my identity to pay for this party <laughs> you don't have you don't have to do that yeah obviously but i love you sweetie and it's a special birthday not really i'm 32 isn't isn't that the special one are you thinking of 30 ah uh, yeah that's the one. Now that you say it, I I think that's the one. Makes sense. Rounder. Well, I uh I really I really appreciate all this. Just really? I really 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 appreciate all this. Better. I sold my identity for this, Cheryl. I know. Let's get this party started. Cheryl, her mother, and every other passenger on the plane do indeed get the party started. They're drinking, they're dancing, within reason, they're on a commercial airliner. They're singing, every other passenger, except one. Cheryl notices a man wearing a bowler hat near the back of the plane. She doesn't recognize him, unlike everyone else, and he looks fairly uncomfortable. She goes over to where he's sitting. Uncle Terry sees her approaching, and calls out to her. Hey, Cheryl, happy birthday. Hey, Uncle Terry, kind of, um... Kind of busy right now, sorry. No problem. I'm deathly afraid of flying anyways, so I was planning on locking myself in the bathroom and scream crying for the remainder of the journey anyway. Sounds good. Um, see you later. She sits next to the man in the bowler hat. He turns to her. Um, uh, uh, don't let me keep you from catching up with your uncle. Oh, don't worry. He's, um, he's not my uncle. He lived a very lonely life, uh, with very little family, so naturally he legally changed his first name to Uncle Terry, just so everyone would call him... Uncle Terry, and for a second he'd be able to think that he was somebody's uncle, you know, <laughs> think that he meant something to someone. But his name was Terry beforehand? No, his name was Daddy. <laughs> you're not with us, are you? I, I think you're the only one on this plane I don't know. Every other person knows you? Yeah, it's a surprise party. My my mom bought all the seats. All the seats except yours, apparently. Yeah, I've been trying to blend in. So, um, what's in Pebble Ridge for you? Henry looks around at the rest of the passengers. They're having a whale of a time. And a time of a whale. He looks down at his fold-up table. Uh, uh nothing much. Well, I, I grew up there. Oh, nice. Um, you, you just you just visiting family? Y uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Cheryl looks Henry up and down. She notices he's dressed in all black. Wait, are you... Are you going to a funeral? Huh? Am I going to a funeral? You... Are going to a funeral, aren't you? It's it's not that big of a deal, really. Here we are, celebrating like there's no tomorrow. War. I don't blame you. I'd be celebrating too if that movie never existed. Meanwhile, you're sitting back here on your way to a funeral. We must strike you as so obnoxious. Uh, you weren't to know. Still, maybe I should tell everyone to cool it a little. Oh, don't be silly. It's your party. Are you sure? Of course. Okay, well, the uh, the flight's only got eight hours left. You can stand that much praying? I'll be like no one else was even here. Someone lets off a streamer right in Henry's face. Preston, please. She turns back to Henry. It's Cheryl. By the way, Cheryl is, is, is the name of me. Yeah, yeah. People have been chanting your name this whole flight, pretty much. I'm Henry, but with an I at the end instead of a Y. Why? No Y. No, but why? Right. No, why? Who's the funeral for? Mr. Brittle Buckets? 
Tim Brittlebuckets. He was my childhood tuba instructor. Oh, you played the uh, played the tuba? No, no, no. He taught us how to climb inside a tuba in case of a lockdown scenario. There was a a whole instructor for that. Yeah, I mean, it was his job for like the whole school year. They were paying him to teach kids how to climb inside tubas. You ever tried to climb inside a tuba? It takes years of hard work. That man is a hero. And that's really the best response in a like an active shooter scenario. Well, think of it this way. If you were an active shooter, where's the last place you'd look for kids? You're thinking tuba, aren't you? I really am thinking tuba, yeah. It's a tried and or true method. So how did he die? Well, it's kind of a tragic story. I'm all ears. Really? At your birthday party? Shoot. For lack of a better phrase. In no way lacking better phrases. Plenty of ways to tell me to go ahead. But, um, okay. So... He's still been teaching kids this stuff since I left 40 years ago, obviously. I mean, they weren't going to find another instructor anywhere near as good as teaching kids how to climb inside tubas. Not in a dozen years. So they just kept giving him raises. Raise after raise after raise. Rumor has it he was raking in over $16 million a year by the time he bit the dust. Six, $16 million a year? Righty-roo. And this was like a public school? Right. Your public school... Paid him $16 million a year. And he deserved every penny. Sounds like a scandal. How so? How how did he die? Well, one night when the rest of the school had gone home and he was all alone with his tubas, I guess he thought, I wonder if I can still fit in a tuba. So he climbed inside a tuba and got stuck in the tuba. And he... he died? How long was he in there? Well, didn't I mention it was the last day before summer break? He was in there for the whole summer? Yeah, by the time the janitors arrived, seven weeks later, he was, uh, more rot than man. That's truly horrifying stuff. Other people theorize that he went in there with the intention of getting stuck in a tuba. Like he wanted to to die? Yeah. He did have a history of, you know, wanting to die. He was depressed? Interestingly, no. Your skill sounds pretty fucked. Well... They'll be tearing it apart soon enough. Why? Too many tuba-related deaths. The townspeople think it's cursed. Too many tuba-related deaths? More than just this Brailbuckets guy died inside tubas? Almost every teacher and student died in a tuba. They were drawn to the tuba. Some say that if you were raised in Pebble Ridge and you see a tuba, you can't resist but climb inside the tuba. For the town, she is cursed indeed. That's just, um, that's, uh, it's insane. Wait a second. Henry holds up a hand to stop her and listens. Then Cheryl hears what he's hearing. It sounds like Henry's eyes go wide. Tuba. That does sound like a tuba. I have to go. Henry gets up and is searched for the tuba. Tuba. I can't say that, wor- that word. Tuba. Tuba. It's a hard word. Tuba. And you put it in a lot. Tuba. <laughs> I know, it's every second word. Henry gets up in his search for the tuba. Henry, wait, this is insane. Of course the town isn't isn't cursed. Henry keeps walking down the aisle. Finally, he arrives at an elderly woman playing a tuba. He taps her on the shoulder. Excuse me, ma'am? I'd like to climb inside your tuba? Inside my tuba? (laughs) Right inside it, yes. Well, then go right ahead. (laughs) Cheryl watches this exchange. Why Why would you just let him do that? Henry tries to climb inside the tuba, and it takes 16 minutes of loud groaning and panting, but finally he is in. 
A plane erupts with cheers and applause. Don't clap for him. He's he's stuck in a tuba now. I'm not stuck. Henry tries to heave himself out of the tuba. Holy shit. I tried to warn you. I'm gonna die in this tuba. No. No, no. Henry dies inside the tuba. Jesus f- fucking Christ. Oh, God. Looks like it must have been an aneurysm or something. Is there a doctor on this plane? Jesus. Anybody? Oh, my God. Fuck. Such such awful timing. Insane coincidence. He died in my tuba. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Well, there, there's only one thing for it. The woman goes to play a presumably somber song in memory of the man who just died in her tuba. Nothing comes out, obviously. Ah, uh, yes, of, of course. Gertrude reappears. Everyone else on this plane is so quiet, wouldn't you say? Especially for a party. Oh, what happened here? Uh, someone died in a tuba. That's a shame, darling. And on your special day, too? No one seems to care that a man just died in a tuba, Mom. I, I feel like I'm living in a dream. But you are living in a dream, darling. What? Yes, a dream plane. It's the name of the airline. I'm, I mean, I'm not... Yeah, I'm, but I'm not living in it. Why, yes, you are. Right this second, you are living in a dream plane. Because you're in it, and you're also living. No one dies on dream planes. Why are you... This is who I am now. I told you. I sold my identity. To dream... To dream! The airline, where dreams come right and no one ever dies. But someone did just die. And a tuba, no less. They did indeed. And all because you couldn't outrun a man in a fucking bowler hat and grab a tuba and toss the tuba away. You're blaming me for this? I'm sorry, darling. I know you'd have tried a little harder if, you, if you'd known about the protocol. The protocol for what? For a death on a dream flight. That's our slogan, remember? No one dies on dream planes. Do you know how bad it would look if it got out that someone died on a dream plane? When that had been our slogan for so many years, we'd be ruined. So what the fuck is the protocol? Have you seen Weekend at Bernie's? Sure. That? Exactly that? Exactly what they do in the movie? We walk him around for a few days, make it seem like he's still alive, but just very sleepy, and then we stage what will appear to be his real death, but will actually just be the two of us disposing of his corpse. That's some really depraved shit. Why would I agree to that? Because it's all we've got, Cheryl. You know what the protocol is if someone is revealed to have died on a dream flight? We go fucking nuclear. In what way? In the actual way, Cheryl. We have the nuclear codes, and if one single person dies on one of these flights, you best believe it's the end of the fucking world. That all makes perfect sense to me, actually. Very good. Aren't you worried everyone else on this plane heard all that, though? Lights are out, Cheryl. That means it's nighttime. Nighttime on the plane, so everyone's asleep. Betty buys. Even the pilot? Of course the pilot. What, you think in an 11-hour flight the pilot's not sneaking in a cheeky little nap? That's so unsafe. What if, due to their exhaustion, they fell asleep at the controls? We'd all be doomed. Can't argue with you there. Eventually, the plane lands. Having passed off the corpse in the tuba as simply a man napping in a tuba, Cheryl and Gertrude carry the tuba carrying the corpse through airport security. An airport security person, wearing whatever airport security people wear, stops them. They gasp. Why did you gasp? Hmm? You gasped when I stopped you? It's airport security. I stop everyone. It's my job. Not everyone, though. Yes, uh, everyone. Not every single person that comes through here, though. Yeah, what are you... Talking about, it's my job. Yes, I stop every single person that comes through here. Really? Of course. 
There hasn't been one single person who snuck through here while you weren't looking? Out of all the thousands who land here every day? <sighs> okay, there, there, was this, there was this one guy. No shit. He snuck right through? Well, I, I, was, I was flirting. <laughs> I guess that's fair, and you just let him go once you realized? Yes, I, I, was, I, was, I was rather embarrassed. Ah, well, nothing came of it, so what's the big deal? Well, something did come of it. He burnt down a military building. Jesus. Yeah. Why would you tell us that? He kept asking me to tell you if anyone had ever snuck through. Has to be a war crime, right? He's complicit in a war crime? I don't know about war crime. It's at least in the same crime genre. I'll give you that, yeah. Just shut up. Promise you won't say anything. My, my job's on the lane here. Sure, if you don't bat an eye at our tuba. The security man bats an eye at the tuba. Hey, he batted an eye at it. Did you see that? I saw that. He for sure batted an eye at that thing. What are you talking about? I, I, I looked at it. What does batting an eye even mean? It means you're going away for a long, long time, mister. Gertrude stands on Cheryl's shoulders. Her balance is nothing short of a miracle. Everyone, this man is complicit in war crimes. The security man's mother appears. Well, Malcolm, is it true? Tell me it's not true. Mum? Where did you come from? Gertrude puts her hand on Malcolm's mother's shoulder. Sorry, ma'am. Your son is a war criminal. God, I can't believe this. His childhood therapist said it was just a phase. He... Committed war crimes as a child? They still have a corpse in their chiba. No one's giving them shit about that, huh? Malcolm, please. These two have clearly experienced a very recent death. They're in mourning. She leans towards Gertrude. It's gonna take a good long time for you to heave that corpse out of that tuba, love. For the next short while, it might seem like he's never gonna be rotted enough for you to squeeze those voluptuous thighs out of there. But pulling him out of the tuba gets easier. Every day pulling him out of the tuba gets a little easier, but you gotta do it. Every day. Pulling him out of the tuba, I mean. That's the hard part, of pulling him out of the tuba. But it does get easier, pulling him out of the tuba. Wow, I, uh, I like to think that applies to life in general, too. Malcolm's mother slaps Cheryl hard across the face. No, I specifically referenced the tuba thing as much as I possibly could. It refers to the tuba thing and nothing else. Why are you so adamant that it only applies to the tuba thing? Because last time I checked... The mother leans closer to Gertrude and Cheryl, smirking. I ain't a corpse. She points down at her feet, one of which appears to be caught in a bear trap. And this ain't a tuba. Gertrude, Cheryl, Malcolm's mother, everyone in the immediate vicinity, hell, even Malcolm, all laugh a sheer, unadulterated chortle for a long, unbroken minute. Malcolm's mother blinks. Really, though, I can't get this off. I've lost a lot of blood. While everyone's distracted, a man wearing a fake beard and glasses rushes through security. Unnoticed, Cheryl catches sight of something falling from his bag. She picks it up. It's a Tim-Tam. Wait, stop, that, that man is smuggling Tim-Tams! Malcolm gasps. Tim-Tams? Like the Australian chocolate biscuits? The tasty treat that I'd like to eat? The very same! Rumor spreads fast that a man has successfully smuggled Tim-Tams into the country, and the airport goes into frenzy, and soon after, lockdown. But by the time the doors swing shut, he is already gone. Todd Brightwhite, in cover behind a tall oak tree on the hill just across from the airport, watches the SWAT team as they close in. He raises his Temtams over his head for a moment. I'm king of the world! Then, switching the Temtams to his right hand, he unwraps one of them and starts munching it. He munches another, and then another. As the SWAT team opens fire, he munches away, 
Temtam after Temtam, all for Todd and none for you. It's five hours later and almost dark before they take him down. That was a story with lots of events and lots of and lots of details. Have you ever had a lobotomy, man? No, I haven't. And I know that you have, after you told me you have. And it's good to know that I don't think you understand what a lobotomy is, but I think you know. I think you know deep inside what you think it is. Well, it's like, you know when you go to an ice cream, this is my understanding. Um, and I have a fairly deep understanding of it because it's happened to my little noggin itself. Um, when you go to an ice cream shop and they have the little scoopers and they scoop the like from the vat of ice cream. Um, it's like that, but it's your brain, right? Yeah, that's like, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Really? That's what they did to my fucking brain? Yeah. They cut out part of your brain, man. But they they, they use an ice cream scoop? Probably not. They probably use, like, medical equipment. I don't know. I feel like I just can't get the, the image out of my head now. That's not really, like, that's not the issue you should have. It's the taking out part of your brain part. They really scooped it? Yeah. Yeah. They really scoop from my little noggin. Yeah, brother, they did. What part they take? The frontal lobe. What part's that? What's in there? Is it ability to love? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, the frontal lobe is important for voluntary movement, expressive language, and for managing higher level executive functions. So that kind of makes sense. Wow. Wow. I'm so if they hadn't done that to me, you're telling me I would right. have been an executive? You're telling me I would have had um No. No, buddy, right? That's not what I mean. Every word has one definition. That's not true. That's not true. Yeah, but I had a fucking little ball on me. So what can you really expect from right. from this from this boy, right? If you didn't have the lobotomy, you wouldn't be so dumb. And that's really where I'm trying to get. I think the way to go about this and, and maybe repair my broken self... Can't be. ...is to just double down. Go back to whoever did. <laughs> go back to whoever did my lobotomy the first time and just say... Yeah. Hit me again. Give me another. Give me another another round, You think sir. that's the solution? <laughs> and they just go back in with a scooper, and they just... They just keep fucking going. They keep fucking going. And ever, after every scoop, they're like, are you smart now? And I'm like... <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. Right. And then they just keep scoop, 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 scooping. I hope that they do do that. Because I'm... If you think that's the solution, then you're worse off than I thought you were. I'd be a hollow-skulled little boy. Yeah, you'd be nothing. You'd be a nothing man. Yeah. That's that's really, really good stuff, actually. That's actually really good stuff. Um, Is it? Do you think it's really good stuff that yeah. you're, you would so be I nothing? Think, you yeah, would be reduced to nothing. I think I'm going to pencil that in, actually. I'm going to pencil that in. I'm going to pencil in the... Uh, the second, third, fourth, fifth, and so on and so on. The bottom, me. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna pencil that in. Right. 
Yeah, we're stuck in a library, so you can't really, like, make appointments anywhere. Yeah, I mean, there's no one around to, you know, no professionals around to do the fucking lobotomy. You could do it, though. You're here. Okay. You have the tools. I'll do it. I shouldn't have to try and convince you. You might... Wait, you said you... No, no, I'm telling... Yeah, I'll do it. You're on, bo- you're on board? You're gonna... Yeah. You have, like, a, like a spoon? I have... I have tools. I can figure it out. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um. You're kind of nervous now, right? Yeah, because you're going to be rooting around in my... My noggin. Um. Right. All right. I'll pencil you in. Well, when are you next available? Right now. Look. All right. Let's, um... Let's get, let's get this fucking going. I'll just, I guess I'll just. I'm not gonna give you a lobotomy, man. Right? I'll lay down. Stop being pill. so excited for it. You can fucking chop me open and and, and no, and do away with 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 most. This has been lost in narration. Tune in next week to find out what the boys get into next. Uh, though it's it's probably more books. Because of the library thing. Yeah.